Welcome back to the Choosing Simple podcast. My name is Amy Fuel and I am your host. I am a homesteading wife, mama, a homemaker, gardener, and entrepreneur. And this week we are touching on a topic that um, is for the mamas and the papas, the parents in the world. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about this podcast. And you can subscribe if you want to. And don't forget to leave a review. It helps me out on all of the platforms. The Choosing Simple podcast was created by me to talk about choosing simple in your everyday average life because choosing simple is a little bit more complicated than it is simple. And living a simple life doesn't just mean that it it happens and it's something you do. It's a mindset that you actively have to choose every day. So we take common everyday situations, current events, and and likewise, and we break it down and make it simple. And we talk about it uh, in a spiritual way and in just a normal way, just normal average life, right? So welcome to the Choosing Simple Podcast. Let's get started with this week's episode. So this week I am talking uh, a little bit differently. We are kind of veering from from homeschooling, from homesteading and gardening, even though the garden is just crazy right now, y'all. Oh my goodness. It's insane. And that's what has been keeping me away from the podcast over the past couple of months, but it's insane in a good way. And I will take what I can get. This week though, we are talking about parenting and something that God has really been working on with me. Um, And I'm going to be extremely transparent with you in this podcast because I try to be transparent with you in everything that I share with you because I believe that transparency is key uh, in learning together and growing together and changing the world. And so this week, uh, I've titled this podcast episode, At the Pace of the Children. And I want to tell you uh, where I got that from. We're going to go through several uh, scriptures this week, and I'm going to share them in the show notes of the the episode. So if you need to go back and read them, you can. But I want to start off with Genesis 33. It's Genesis 33, 14. And I'm going to read it to you real quick. It says, so let my Lord go on ahead of his servant while I move along slowly at the pace of the flocks and herds before me and the pace of the children until I come to my Lord in uh, Sarah. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's S-E-I-R. So this is where Jacob basically has his homecoming. You know, the story of Jacob and Esau where Jacob stole Esau's birthright and it was just not a very good good thing to do when he was a brother. So Jacob and Esau went their separate ways and now they've come back together. And, um, you know, Jacob met with Esau and, and he, Esau said, you know, come with me, you know, I I have, I have horses and I can get you there quicker and this and that. And, but Jacob said, no, he said, you go, you go on ahead of me. And in fact, he, he referred to himself as a servant. And he said, while I move along slowly at the pace of the flocks and herds before me and at the pace of the children. So in biblical times, um, you'll, you'll read a lot in the Old Testament where they had caravans. They were moving people. They would move as they, they needed to, um, as the weather changed, for different reasons. They were nomads, essentially. Um, not not everyone, but a lot of people. And in this case, that was Jacob. He'd travel from from one one place to another and and 
for reasons of various kinds. But instead of Jacob being the leader that he was, you know, in his older age, instead of him always leading the pack, he always rounded up at the end, right? He traveled at the pace of the most vulnerable in his group, which were the children and the livestock. Because Jacob's heritage and his wealth were rooted in the livestock and children that he had as well. The stronger individuals normally in history went first and, um, and then they could help out with the back end of the caravan if they needed to as well. And so Jacob being the leader that he was, and and let me just preface this with no leader in the, in the Bible was perfect except for Jesus. Um, in fact, I think it's encouraging to find that every leader had their flaws and were very transparent about their flaws. The, the Bible tells us of the issues that they had and, and the character traits that were not becoming of them. But um, Jacob said, at the pace of the children, I'll go. Even though you're giving me this opportunity, like royalty, to go ahead and, and greet you and eat with you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travel at the pace of my children and the children in this caravan. And so that leads me to really search my own heart. Okay. So let me just kind of tell you what I've been dealing with. Some of you know, um, when I got pregnant again and had our, our second little one, which is our most recent one, I had some struggles and I was very transparent about it. Um, I didn't think we were going to ever have any more children. We have one older son before our newest little one. And, um, so I had kind of planned my life around not having any more kids do. I was used to doing my own thing. I was, I had a career that i I was growing that was growing very quickly that need, needed and still needs my attention. And, um, I, I just struggled a lot once the baby came with having to share my time. Um, likewise with our older son, he had gotten to a point where he was extremely independent because of his age. He's much older. He's about to turn 11. But now he's, you know, right now we have a one-year-old and now our 10-year-old is about to turn 11. And now he's, he's those preteen years where he needs more attention from mom in, in schedules and in homeschool than he really did before, I'm finding. Um, because Not because he needs more education. But because he is much harder to keep on track, I swear to you, it's like hurting chickens, which is impossible. And um, so my time is split between an almost 11-year-old and a one-year-old during the day. And it's it's very time-consuming. And, um, and as a mom, you know, as a parent, you can sometimes feel like you're inconvenienced. Like, okay, I have all of these things to do. But you are taking up time that doesn't need to be taken up. You know, if you, if you, how many times do we say, if you just listened, it wouldn't take this long. Or if you just listened, you wouldn't have gotten hurt. Or if you just did this, or if you just did that, right? And it's true, you know, if they just, they just listened, but none of us listened as kids either. So, but you know, let's be honest, let's, let pull, pull that shade back because I'm not afraid to have this conversation Sometimes we can feel inconvenienced by our children. We have other things to do. We have better things to do in our mind. 
And, um, or, you know, there are some people who, you know, I have to remember not everyone is, is like me or my husband. We, we are entrepreneurs. We have uh, businesses, we have things that we're doing. We have a house to keep up a house to fix. You know, there are other parents, stay at home moms who don't have uh, an additional job on top of their real job, which I say their real job is taking care of their home and kids. Um, and they might feel inconvenienced too. The laundry is overflowing. Oh, you know, I'd really like to drink this cup of coffee, you know, things like that. We feel really inconvenienced or maybe we feel bitter. Oh, you know, well, I'm a stay at home mom. This is all I do. I really wish I could pursue this. Or I really wish I could go back to school or I really wish I could take on more work and contribute to my family that, you know, there are different reasons that people, parents, especially moms feel inconvenienced by children. And I don't say inconvenienced in a bad way, but just the word itself means it's not convenient. Sometimes, um, you have a lot on your plate already. And so I felt this recently and I, um, I thought about the verse where Jacob says he's going to go at the pace of the children. And there is such greatness in that because when God blesses us with children, you know, those are our, our little people. The Bible says like arrows and a quiver and they will go where we point them to go. And, you know, they, they might run astray at times. And sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves that they run astray because of us and because of our parenting. And sometimes our parenting can't be helped because we ourselves are immature and we don't understand what the Bible says about parenting. You know, I, we are facing that with our 10 year old. Um, we were immature parents and just only in the last, you know, few years have we, we ourselves become less high, strung, more calm and patient people. And, uh, you know, we still have work to do. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all, but so, um, you know, it's hard. What I'm struggling with, with my older boy right now is that he has the preteen emotions. He has the, I can do whatever I want to do attitude. And I don't want to go at his pace anymore. <laughs> um, his pace is exhausting. <laughs> like we're not talking about him going slow. He, we're talking about him going all over the place because he, one second he's this way, the next second he's that way. And I'm just like, wait a second. Do you like me or do you hate me today? What, which one is it? But it doesn't matter which one it is because as a parent, I'm still commanded to go at his pace, you know, as a young child. This may not pertain as much to older children, like 18 year olds, but even still we are their parents. And so I want to bring you to Proverbs 22, six that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he was, when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, you know, I have some, I've had some issues with, with my attitude and my character and uh, just the things that I've had to work on my own. And it's a slow and steady process but it's working. And, uh, but here's the thing. My child doesn't always see it that way because we are more likely to give grace to our children 
than our children are to give grace to us because our children are immature. They don't understand grace. And because of that, when you've acted one way for so long, um, they don't understand when you've changed and you're trying to do better. They don't get it. And so you are still, even when in, within changing yourself or even when knowing that um, you're trying to go at your child's pace, you have to give them grace even more because you weren't always that way, right? You weren't always wanting to go at their pace or maybe you made them feel like an inconvenience or um, maybe they're not used to structure, right? When you try to implement new structures that will in the long run help them and you, but it wasn't always like that. And so now 10, 11, 15 years later, you're kind of in a hole, right? But we're still commanded to train up a child in the way they should go. It doesn't mean, well, I've done it this way for so long. I'm just going to keep doing it and I'll get the right, I'll get the next kid right. You know, Lord, how I have felt that way. No, it's my job now to train him the way that he should go. I'll be right back after this word from one of our sponsors. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to part two of our podcast. All right. So now that I've grabbed the phone and I've come back, (laughs) that's how it always goes. And some miracle, the baby's still asleep. So moving on, you know, we've just been having some, some things, you know, with our, with our oldest son. And so training him up has been important to me, especially now that he's older, but there were a few scriptures I want to touch on in general. Okay. That have really helped me now. This could be slightly controversial, um, but you know when I grew up, we we did the whole spanking thing and and whatever. But I was a good kid, so I never got spanked. <laughs> um, you know, and so as I became a parent in early years of parenting, I thought that's what was supposed to happen, right? And that's how my husband felt too, and and. But I always had this question about it. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, why? Why would you do that? Uh, And now I'm not passing judgment on anyone. I don't want to say anything like that. But I want to tell you kind of the conclusion through through scripture of what I've come through and and what has helped me as a parent, even now, uh, especially now, train my child. And I want to pull out the scripture. And it says it's Proverbs 13, 24. And it says he, I'm using the King James version for a reason. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. So you guys know the saying, spare the rod, spoil the child, right? And so when I grew up, that meant essentially if you didn't beat your kids, not beat, but if you didn't spank your kids, then they were going to be spoiled, right? Um, and that spanking them was a way of um, correcting them. But as I've gotten older and further into parenting, I I have questioned that because it never made logical sense to me. How would inflicting pain on someone teach them a lesson? Because my motto has always been, you're going to be the only Jesus that anyone sees. And Jesus's motto 
even when they came to take him from the garden, was that you not hurt a single person and that they would know you as a follower and then follow after Christ because of the way that you live. Okay. So that was always a question to me. So diving into history of shepherds, most shepherds don't typically take their rod. And that's what this is talking about. He who spares his rod hateth his son. God is using himself as the good shepherd of you as a parent. You are the shepherd of your household. You are the shepherd of your children, just like God is the shepherd of his children. A shepherd doesn't beat his his sheep over the head with his rod to get him to go where he wants to go. In fact, if you watch videos, you'll see him take his rod and put it out to the side of him to guide them into the proper direction. And I know you can't see me, but I'm sticking my arm out as if you can. And that's what that big long staff is used for. That long staff is also used for situations where the shepherd more forcefully needs to direct that sheep, right? He's got the crook on the end where he can grab the sheep around the neck and kind of guide him in a better way. But he's never actively taking that rod and, and hitting the sheep, though I'm sure there are some shepherds that do. And when we compare the rod and the shepherd to God, God's the same way. You know, sometimes we just need guiding, with his arms open, guiding us. It's like when we guide ducks and chickens into a hen house, you know, they kind of go as you guide them, as you put your arms out. But sometimes we need a little bit more forceful guidance with God. And he does use a little bit more force. The staff is also there to protect the sheep from predators. And it's strong enough to beat off a predator that's its one job, but not beat the sheep. Okay. You use it in two different ways, yet the same shepherd. And so in Ephesians 6, 4, we go along with that. It says, and fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So it's not just fathers, but mothers too, to not provoke their children to wrath. And we look at that, like when I think of wrath, I think of revelation and how God talks about different things. But when it comes to the wrath of God, he spares his children. So God is using different imagery throughout the Bible to talk about our children and us as parents and how we should mimic God. We should mimic Christ in our relationships with our children. And that is hard. That is hard because I'm not God and I'm not Jesus and I fail him daily. So while I'm still walking out and working out my own salvation, I'm still having to walk at the pace of my children to help them walk out and work out their own salvation and their own just bringing them up to be good contributors to society, bringing them up to be kind and courageous and gentle and loving. And when you lived one way in early parenting and now you, you choose to live a different way in later parenting for us, that older child might say, okay, no, this is not, no. Why weren't you this way before? 
So there's some respect loss, and that's kind of what we're dealing with with our first child. But now with our youngest, that's all he'll know is the way we are now, right? And so he'll be a different child. He'll be a child that wasn't provoked to wrath. He'll be a child that that brought was brought up more nurtured, more um, more one-on-one time, less of an inconvenience because we live a more simple life now than we did back then when our firstborn was born. And so I'm always going back to Genesis 33, 14, where Jacob walked at the pace of the children. And so here I am, a mom, a very busy mom and homemaker. And it just hit me, you know, a few weeks ago. I have been over overwhelmed. Um, I've been overwhelmed trying to do all the things, trying to be a businesswoman, trying to be a mom to a very demanding one-year-old, trying to be a mom to a very uh, rebellious, in many ways, 10-year-old, and being a wife and doing just everything. And I've been trying to fit all of these things into my schedule my schedule that I had before the baby came. And it's just been overwhelming and very difficult and I've gotten frustrated and I'm like, this isn't working. I I can't do this. And in fact, I got to one point where I just couldn't really figure it out. And I just kind of threw up my hands and said, forget about it, forget about all of it. And I threw myself a pity party and then it was over, right? But this verse came to me. Life has been so overwhelming and hard because I haven't been walking at the pace of my children. And I know that sounds contradictory, but stay with me for a second. Our children are our biggest blessing in this life. They are the biggest impact that you will have. They are the biggest legacy that you will leave. This generation is gone. We are making our impacts. We are doing the things we're going to do. It's over with in many ways. But we're raising the next generation that can be better and do better and act better. But we're not going to create world changers 20 years from now, 10 years from now, if we don't change, make world changers in our homes now. So... If we're not walking at the pace of our children, we're going to be overwhelmed because our children are our most important work right now. And outside of that, there will be chaos because that is the way God created the home structure. God, husband and wife, and children. And when that structure is not organized the way it should be, or structured the way it should be, not with, not with schedules or anything like that. But when it's not, we're focusing on God, we're focusing on our marriage and we're focusing on the kids. What if it's God, marriage, work, kids, Mm -mm, that doesn't work. So let me tell you how my schedule has changed, changed to the pace of the children. I get up, 
If the baby's asleep, I look at my email. I try to get some work done. And then throughout the whole day, unless he's sleeping, I only focus on the boys. I only focus on my children. Number one, because it's normally the only thing I can do. But I was trying to fit all of the things into the day by, by overwhelming my oldest child with taking care of the youngest child for an hour or more sometimes. And that didn't work either. So if he goes down for a nap, if the baby goes down for a nap, like he is right now, I will sit down and I will do some work. If he wakes back up within five minutes, I don't get upset like I used to. I used to get really overwhelmed and frustrated because I was like, I literally just sat down to do this and now he's awake again. I don't. I've literally released all of that. And I just quietly could close my computer and say, okay, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And we will come back to it later. But let me tell you what has happened. So during the day when my focus is on my children, once my children are in bed, my focus is on work at night or my housework or other things that need to get done. I do carve out time to sit down and be with my husband. Even if that means I'm sitting beside him while working, we're together. Okay. Weekends, generally, I don't work on the weekends unless there's something I absolutely have to do, which is like a video, you know, something simple where I can still interact with my family while I'm working. But let me tell you what's changed. My family unit has been more calm. And their needs have been more met. And because of that, there's been more peace in our household. And more love. And I have not had that overwhelmingness that I felt when I was trying to cram work in during the day. In fact, I am getting more work done now when I don't try to cram it in during the day. Because me, as a parent, I'm not overwhelmed anymore. And that overwhelming feeling when you don't walk at the pace of your family, of your children, will wreak havoc on your mind. It'll wreak havoc on your mind and your spirit and your peace. It will take away your peace. And there's nothing worse. Not having peace will age you 10 years in a day. So that has been a really interesting thing for me to experience over the last few weeks. And I really wanted to share it with you because while having children is the biggest blessing I have ever felt in my entire life. As a business person, it has also been very, very challenging to, to even if, even when I wasn't business minded, there's just things that you want to do as an adult, you know? You want to get the laundry done without cookies being everywhere. You know what I mean? When I realized that I was being selfish, (laughs) essentially, 
even without knowing it, you know, we, I don't want to say that you are a selfish parent or that I was a selfish parent. I was just an uneducated one, right? When we walk at the pace of our children, amazing things happen because there is honor in that. And God honors the family unit. God honors you as a mama who sets everything else aside, who sacrifices everything else and says, okay, I'm going to focus on you. Albeit children need to have independent time as well. Okay. But there are different seasons of independent time with a one-year-old. There's not much independence. (laughs) There's a whole lot of mom, 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 you know, which is fine because next year he's probably not going to be as dependent on me. I encourage you to look at your life today as a mama, or if you're a dad, as a dad, and challenge the way that you're parenting. And maybe you're amazing. Maybe you've gotten this down. You're like, Amy, oh my gosh, why did it take you so long to figure this out? I'm just different. I just have a different life. And I want to share it with you because I know that there are other parents out there that struggle with this. So when we stop treating our kids or in our mind thinking our kids are an inconvenience. And we do this. We all do this. We'll be in the middle of something and your child will come in and say, can you do this? Or do you know the answer to this? Or, Hey, guess what? You're just like, Oh, on the inside, you're like, man, seriously? Like, and that's inconvenience that you feel. But when we are just take a deep breath and we walk at their pace, it's those little moments that teach them more than anything. Listen, I'm failing at this too, by the way, I've not mastered this. And, you know, again, let me reiterate, I've got an older child who I'm repairing this with, and it's not easy and he's not open to it at all. Um, you know, and that's hard too, but that doesn't mean I go back to what was just means I keep pressing forward into what God says I should do and how I should act. So I'm not perfect at it either. And you won't be either, but I think it's just important to share that with you this week. Cause I know, especially as we head into fall and school time, things could get a little hectic, especially if you're homeschooling for the first time. I have a podcast about that, by the way, you should go check it out. But remember to walk at the pace of your children and see how it could change your life and how it could change their life for the better. Because I know every parent has something that they're struggling with, with their children. And every child has something that they're struggling with, with their parent. And what if the simple solution was just walking at their pace However many times you have to answer the same question, however many times you have to just bite your tongue. Now there is goodness in correction as well. They should be corrected, but not necessarily in the the way you think they should be, but gently with a gentle staff that guides them. God doesn't beat us over the head when he's trying to teach us something. He consistently shows us over and over and over again what we should be doing, or he consistently directs us onto the path we should be going. And then it's up to us as to whether we choose that path or not. He doesn't, 
beat us into submission. Submission is a choice. And we choose submission in our daily life because we have a good, good father. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you've not yet subscribed, please consider doing that, sharing it, and uh, leaving me a review, even if it's just a few stars. You don't even have to leave a comment. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my heart with you on this podcast. If those of you that listen know that this is kind of my outlet to freely and generously talk about life, real, raw mom life, parenting, homesteading, homemaking, marriage, in a Christian influence way. Um, I am, I am unafraid to speak my mind as a Christian on this platform. And that's why I have the podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that you will join me next time. And until then, don't forget to choose simple.